DJ just literally messaged me that the Rob is currently on Instagram Live selling profit comics. Yes. Who is this DJ? You said DJ. Literally, like literally, like just this second, and it's uh forty dollars for an autograph, an extra twenty if you want a certificate of authenticity, right. fifteen dollars for shipping. Woof! Is fifteen about right for shipping? I have no clue. For one, for well. The weight of a Rob comic is is probably you know immeasurable. So fifteen probably getting off light. And then it's another twenty if you want like a remark or something like that. Oh, that, you know what? That's legitimately not bad. A twenty dollar remark. I have a feeling it's like two hundred. That that's a typo. But uh, um, I don't know. I just what if he is now? Is it the signature? Is it the 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 Liefeld signature? Because I know that was extra, you know? Remember he had the two signatures? Because yes. <laughs> I don't want that half-assed the Rob signature. I want the whole-assed the Rob signature. I think this is the beginning of the show. Oh, no problem. <laughs> I'll be on my best behavior from here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm messaging DJ as we talk. I asked him, I go, did he specify which signature it is? He's probably going to come back. What do you mean by that? Well, well, I hope this instant message finds you well. And So I, um, you had asked if $15 ship was good. Now, if you're shipping it priority, I'm going to say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I just recently had to ship something out to uh, the West Coast, let's say. Right. Um. My friend Chris is doing a thing with, um, okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll get into it. So, um, is, uh, doing it. Like he does a thing every month. He was the one that was doing like the Funko pop of the day and the, this of the day and the, that of the day. He's the Scotty Pippen of Azrael figure collecting. Right. Uh, I know who you mean now. Okay. So this month he's doing, uh, tickets, right? Ticket stubs. Get your tickets here. Right. Right. And I'm like, I got a box of ticket stubs sitting here. You know, I, you know, ECW days. I got a couple faded uh, concert tickets that, you know, when you take the picture, they're not as faded, you know? Right. So the day one, I start with a heavy hitter uh, with an e- the ECW pay per view. Right. And I get a friend of a friend reach out to me and offers to buy it from me. Okay. Because as you know, um, you know, you get into your comics and your stamps and your cards and your ticket stubs is like the new hot graded collectible. Ooh. Now, listen, I'm an I'm an ECW mutant tried and true, you know, um, a def attention deficit criminal. Right, I'm, an, I'm a legitimate attention deficit uh, criminal, and I legitimately have the receipts to back it up, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, can I ask one question really quick? Were, were those tickets, those ECW tickets, flicked or not? I don't know what that means. Remember when uh, t- uh, Terry, no, who's the guy, who was p- half the APA? Bradshaw? Bradshaw. Remember when Bradshaw went to that ECW show that you made Oh, okay, yes. And he's coming in and he's flicking the ticket to let everyone know to... I guess he won. He purchased his ticket, 
but also too to see it was an authentic ticket i guess right because he was like you can't throw me out i bought a ticket and the whole time they're like boo and he's like wwe sucks and they're like we bought our tickets and he kept flicking our ticket his ticket now every time i go to a concert i have a ticket i like flick it when i get to the guy who takes it I'm like, I bought well, it. no you have to do it okay so you have to do it after they like when you go through the doors and then you mm-hmm. go into the area where like security is that shows you to yep. your seat. Those right. are the people that you have to flick the tickets to. Yeah. So that's why I, anytime you say like ECW tickets, all I can think is like flicking it. So. Right. Okay. So uh, just an update from DJ and we'll get back to the ticket stuff. Right. Um, so it's $40 for the regular signature. $20 extra is for what he's calling the chisel signature. Oh, he's going to chisel it out of you. Yeah, well, he's, well <laughs> no comment there. Right. So. Um, so I put the picture of the barely legal ticket up, and, like, I have a shoebox in my room full of, like, tickets and programs and all shit like this, right? Evidence. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Receipts, right? <laughs> right. So uh, this friend of a friend contacts me and says, hey, uh, would you be interested in selling your uh, barely legal ticket, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. I knew he did the card stuff. He's a big card collector, that sort of thing, getting stuff graded and whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Sure. Let me go look to see what a decent price online is. Um, so I look on eBay. There was only one. And then there was some other site that I was trying to find it on, but you had to sign up for it. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, let me throw out a number at him and see what he says. And he says, okay, that's fine. And I said, give me your address. Let me run it through the old ringamajig, right? So um, it was, it's, well, and again, to ship it from here to the West Coast, priority, right, mm-hmm. was 12 bucks. But because there was a large financial sum involved, um, I threw insurance in there. So the total came up being $15.45. Right. Uh, I ended up selling the ticket for 120 bucks. You got fleeced. It's probably worth seven times that. So that's the thing. It probably is worth a little bit more than that graded, Mm -hmm. but that's not my scene. Now, was it? No. Okay. So you bought this ticket for ECW because this is back in the day, whatever, like what? The, 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 uh, the aughts, the nineties, what? I don't know. 97. Okay. I don't, you're right. So now were these, cause I know at certain points that like it went over to, even though you got the ticket, they would scan them. This ripped or is it like, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, like, the only p- people who would have, like, a mint non-rip ticket might be somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to it, and then broke their leg and couldn't go or something like that. Sure. So, but, okay, I was just curious what the, the ticket looked like. That's why. Yeah, yeah. ECW until, like, geez, I would say, like, anything at the arena, they were not running through, like, a Ticketmaster thing. Mm-hmm. Are you saying the advocate wasn't up to date on all the technology when it came to selling and, you know, getting people in the door? Well, uh, the advocate had a great opportunity. <laughs> right. Okay. That is still talked about in lore to this day, Todd. Okay. Some 21 years later. Right. I think this is the wrong podcast, but go ahead. No, no. 
Because mm-hmm. if anybody loves a good opportunity, it's you. That's true. So what ECW used to do was they had a thing called Club ECW. <laughs> right. I would love to club ECW. <laughs> right. Where you would pay in advance and you would be guaranteed your seat for the next four arena shows. Right. Mm-hmm. And they would typically run the arena every three weeks. This was a regular occurrence dating back to 1993. You know, sometimes they would double up and maybe you'd have like a show where it'd be like one week. There'd be like one week in between shows, but then it would go back to like that rolling three week schedule. Right. Mm hmm. So late 19, late 2000, as you call him, the advocate (laughs) was well aware that ECW was not going to make it to February. Mm -hmm. The advocate was well aware that they were not going to run one more show at the ECW arena, (laughs) let alone four more shows. Okay. But Todd, wouldn't you know it? Those renewals. For the club ECW for the next four arena shows, seats went out, Mm -hmm. and those people paid, and then, son of a bitch, ECW went out of business a month later. Wow, file for bankruptcy, and you get all that protection. Well, so that's the the rub, because World Wrestling Entertainment was uh, helping fund ECW for longer than Paul would care to admit. Um, part of whatever the settlement agreement or whatever was that once ECW went to bankruptcy, that WWE would be a primary whatever, right? Of who would get first dibs at any word of funds. And then, you know, like the other big ticket things, like the people that would put like the entire roster's month's worth of airfare on his credit card. <laughs> He'd be second in line after whatever funds were exhausted when WWE was done. And then after all of those people were done, then you would get into the people that were owed paid money. Uh-huh. And then by the time they got to those club ECW people, there was no more money to be had. What? That doesn't sound right. It sounds like doesn't the, sound right. Sounds like the Wizard uh, Magazine subscription opportunity, but anyway. But... Like I so like I said, the one that I found on eBay sold for a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. So I said one twenty, and he said okay. Right. So that's why I'm like, okay, maybe I did get fleeced. Maybe he goes and gets it graded, and it's now five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's his collection. Right. My collection is a shoebox. See, I think everybody got fleeced on this. Well, but that's just me. But um, did you see? Like speaking of this, because. I am a ticket guy. Like, I didn't do a lot of stuff, but, uh, like, with concerts and stuff like that. But now I'm sad that tickets are going away, that everything's like, oh, the 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 code, the QR code on your phone, blah, blah. Some, some like, uh, venues don't even know. Like, we don't even do paper tickets anymore. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes me sad. And for some reason, because I said that, my phone was listening to me. And I was getting ads on Facebook for these new people who are like, do you like having, you know, like paper tickets? So like you can make, uh, they sell, you say, okay, uh, just for instance, like you went to see Jack White at uh, Giant Stadium on this date. You can make a ticket that will look like what Giant Stadium would have sold them back in the day. And they're on the same card stock as tickets. Mm. And you can like 
write in like, oh, the date, the concert, the the people on the on the like you know who opened for them, your seat, your row, and you can customize them as like down to the detail that you want. And I'm like, and I. I could see myself falling for that opportunity to like get like a couple of ticket stubs for bands that like if I go to now, I would want that in my collection, even though it would be a counterfeit ticket, if you will. So watch out for those when you're when you're doing your ECW opportunity tickets. Well, like I said, these are and you'll see them as I I don't know if you don't. I'm sure you mute every uh, hashtag that I put up. But if you see a lot of these tickets that I put up are like. Literal like cardboard printed stock, and they were probably hand cut at the local like Office Max or whatever. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, right. And then there were ones that you know for the one that I put for like when I went to the concert at Harvey's Lake, it looks like whatever. Uh, there's another one that I put up on Wednesday that is you know a Ticketmaster one from 1995, so it's super duper faded. Um. But. Um, you know, I don't think I've gone to or paid for any sort of whatever that I still have, um, Mm -hmm. because of what you mentioned, like it's a printout QR code or whatever since like 2004, 2005, maybe. Right. See, there was a time like when a couple of us would go to concert, like the bassist and the art collector. And when they, when the thing would come up, me and especially the art collector would be like, we want, if they give you the option, paper ticket. Like, just because. And there was a couple of shows that uh, we got that. And as for your hashtags, I don't mute all of them. I uh, Like, this one I actually like because I know that uh, he's done, like, comic book stuff. And now he's doing ticket stubs. Which ticket stubs are fun, even if you're going to do wrestling shows. I don't care. Like, I'm like, oh, maybe what kind of uh, shows... Music, uh, concerts did Joe go to? Like, th- those are fine. But with stuff like that, because you keep... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like adding another tweet to a, um, uh, an existing a, tweet. Yes. Yeah. Right. Now it's a thread. I, that's what the kids call them. A thread. I believe um, yes. it doesn't show up in my notifications for some reason. Like if you just tweet out like, Hey, I had ham and eggs this morning. I'd be like, okay, I get that. But if you add a tweet to an existing thread, it doesn't send me the notification. Granted when I'm scrolling through my timeline, I'll see it, but a lot of times because I go to your tweets when I get the notification, except for stuff with Terry Funk or anything else I've muted, um, uh, I just kind of swipe past you because I don't, I, I'm not looking for your tweets thinking that like, you know, oh, if you did something, I'll get a notification. So I don't see a lot of them and then I'll find them and go, okay, there's the thread. I'll go through the thread now, if that makes any sense. A lot of, you know. Now, what I was going to ask was, and I know we've made this joke here before on the show, um, with physical tickets, and I haven't gone to a concert in, you know, quite some time, Mm -hmm. um, but if you were to go to the box office, and I'm not going to say go to the Ticketmaster at Boscov's or whatever it is, you know? Right. But I know you have Alice Cooper coming up at the arena by us here sometime in the Mm -hmm. near future on a school night of all things. I don't know what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. but if you were to go to the box office and purchase f- tickets there, do they give you a physical ticket, like cardboard stock physical ticket that they've printed out there, or do they pin- print out a piece of paper there that has a QR code there? I don't know because I don't even know what we have mm. because there were like 
I think we may have talked about this on like one of the, the other after darks. Like there, like I ended up doing like you know within a week and a half. It was like we bought tickets for Jack White, we bought tickets for Alice Cooper, we bought tickets for Weird Al Yankovic, and I'm trying to think maybe there was another one. But oh, the only one that I bought was it was like okay, there's three of us all going in on this. Well, I'll buy the I'll buy the Jack White tickets then. <sighs> Josh bought the Alice Cooper tickets and then Scott bought the Weird Al tickets. So then it's like that way you're not transferring money, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you're a little off, but we can work all that out later. It's yeah, like, yeah. It all evens out in the wash. Sure. Right. For the most part. Like, um, so I don't know if I know what I got for Jack White because I'm going to the Barclay Center. They're yeah. like, we don't even do paper tickets. So don't even ask kind of a deal. So I just have the QR code on my phone, which I can print out and make a paper if I wanted to. So I don't know what we got for Weird Al and I don't know what we got for Alice Cooper. But I'm thinking we may have gotten actual paper tickets for Alice, which you probably would have got from the venue too if you if you drove up to the to Yeah. The I don't even know if they do that anymore at for like the concerts. At well like, that's what I that's what I asked, because I assume that you could purchase tickets at the box office, but I'm not gonna go and say, give me one for Gabriel Iglesias just to see if it works, you know? I, I would do it just to see. And then you could put that in your thread of tickets. Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. So uh, I guess some other stuff to follow up on, um, one to follow up on, and sometimes comic book talk does end up here on After Dark, you know? Right. Uh, last week on the main show and then off mic, we had discussed cutting books. Right. Getting rid of books. And should what are the, what? I was going to say, should I get certain books that are coming up kind of a deal? Well, no, no, because you would ask me specifically about two books. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was the Tom King miniseries that's a prequel to his current Batman Catwoman book right I looked it up and it basically just said the earlier so I don't know if they're like officially saying it was like part of it but yeah. yeah so it's Tom King doing Batman so called Killing Time right right and what was the other one I forget what the other one was Flashpoint 2 Electric Boogaloo Flashpoint, Flashpoint 2 Beyond yeah okay so the next day, uh, I go and I look at my list, and I see Flashpoint uh, is on the question mark list. And based on our discussion, it was completely removed from the list, right? Mm-hmm. And then I saw that the title of the Tom King thing was called Batman Killing Time. Right. And that was one of those things where, you know, I'm a Tom King fan, and I saw he was writing another Batman thing. So... When you had mentioned it, I literally didn't have any idea what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, that killing time thing is the thing that Tom was t- Todd was talking about. Right. And I took it off the list. Okay, so you took it off your list? Off the list. All right. I'm definitely off uh, Flashpoint Beyond. I'm still, with your recommendation, I'm leaning towards not getting it. But I still have a week or so to put my list in. So we'll see. You know what I mean? Right. Now, I did have to drop two others. Go ahead. Looking over my things, looking at the backlog, looking at my enjoyment of things. And I feel bad because it's the same writer. Okay. Um, I just got around to finishing the most recent issue of Venom, Venom number four mm-hmm. by Ram V. 
Uh, it was one of those, um, and I, I hate to say one of those uh, wrestling gotchas or bait and switch deals that I'll never forget back in the Secret Warriors days where it was advertised as written by Brian Michael Bendis and Jonathan Hickman. Remember mm-hmm. when Jonathan Hickman was just this new guy in comics? Yes, I do. And then Bendis would give interviews where he would say, he's like, no, I had nothing to do with the book, but they're just putting my my name on it to help. He goes, Jonathan's a friend. I came up with the idea. So, you know, if it'll help sell the book, they're putting my name on it. Right. And I'm like, well, that's very dishonest, but very honest at the same time of you, Brian Michael Bendis, you know? Mm-hmm. And I forget who was, oh, was it was Al Ewing and Ram V as the, as the creative team on that, right? Right. But if you go and look at issues three and four and what's been solicited for five and six, it's now just Ram V. Mm-hmm. Al- well, that's because I think, remember, it was like, oh, I'm Ram V and I'm going to be draw I'm going to be writing the kids stuff on Earth. Uh-huh. And then Al Ewing was like, well, I'm going to be writing the, you know, the, uh, uh, Eddie Brock uh, in space stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, spoiler alert, they killed Eddie Brock. Well, I don't think he's permanently dead and he's out of the book. So what's there left for Al Ewing to write? Right. So, And then the other one is, if you remember the Ram V Swamp Thing book that was like a 10-issue miniseries? Yep. Well, it's coming back in March as a continuation with the same numbering. Right. And then that's definitely going to end with whatever, like, because it was supposed to be two different miniseries, but they're just like, oh, we're just going to run it out as one big one. Okay. So that one kind of fell off. Mm -hmm. You know, I've still got like a month to decide on that one. But again, I feel bad because I really enjoyed the start of the Swamp Thing one, but it was just so much other stuff kind of jumped it to the front of the list. I get you. I'm staying around the Swamp Thing because then it crossed over with Swamp uh, Suicide Squad, which I was reading. Right. So I I wasn't reading that. So... Right, but it was really cool because it was like two sides of the you know same coin. It was like we're seeing things from different angles. So I like that. I'm with you. I dropped Venom as of I because I put it on my order forms for last month or on my last month order order form. So that gets me out to issue six, which is the first storyline. So I'm out after six. I'm with you. And even though like it hasn't been noticed or you haven't said anything, I dropped and I think we're a little past it. I'm off of Stillwater as of 12. That was a book that I was reading. I, I mean, I enjoy like uh, who, who writes Stillwater? I Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky. I like his other stuff. I'm reading his New Burn, which is fantastic. Um, I really like that. That started out strong. But I was like, Stillwater was one of those that is like I used the Joe Sposto equation where it's like that would like very few times do I like push b- books back to the next week because um, I usually try to get everything in in an in the week that I get it and still water was falling behind somehow. And I'm like, if I'm letting a books like laps over to ne- two weeks or three weeks, it's gotta go. So I, I dropped that. I'm dropping Robin be- as of 12, uh, because we're going into a giant crossover with Batman and all that. So I'm like, these are books. It's time for me to start dropping books. Yeah. So, there's a new big giant crossover again in Batman. Mm-hmm. And they have like, you know, your flagship book. And then like it crosses over into like a bunch of other stuff that I don't read. Like uh, Deathstroke Incorporated, Robin. Yes. And I read all that. But because of the fact that like Tinian leaves after a giant like 10 part crossover. 
and and then I can't think of the uh, Joshua Williamson comes on Batman. They give him three or four issues, and then they're like giant crossover again. I'm like too soon, too soon, man. You could have gave him like some some breathing room before a giant crossover again. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, so, and I have a bunch of stuff that's ending this month as well, like a bunch of mini series and stuff and mm-hmm. Stillwater I fell behind on, but that's one of those books where it comes out so infrequently. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad of a thing. Like it's not that big of a hit when it comes out. I'm like, Oh, it's been two months since an issue of this has come out or it's been three months of this. So I'm like, okay, we'll get to it when I get to it. You know, I'm like, Oh, I see it's on the horizon. So I'll catch up, you know? Right. But the thing with that, with me on that book was, I was getting to it and I was forgetting everything because it's one of those books that, like I said, I'm usually pretty good with them that they're not superheroes. So like everybody's just wearing everyday clothes and I'm like, Oh, is that Jasper or is that Joe? You know what I mean? Like, yes, I get confused on the storylines and who they are and where they're at. And the longer you have a gap in a book like that, I feel like I have to go back and read stuff. And I'm like, Nope, I feel lost when I when your book does come out. So then something's not kicking in my brain. Like we're at least something like a Nice House on the Lake, even though it's been a couple of a months. And even when it was, they were all like regular people. He did a good job of reminding me or whatever with the symbols that they were doing. So it's different. But Stillwater just, I can't. I don't know why. I get you. Because I think it's been off for a little bit. And then there's like a one shot that's coming out next month. Right, which and I then think it's is a, off the schedule for like another month or two, you know. Right, because he's doing his D, uh, Marvel stuff, and then mm-hmm. he has that new burn, like I said. So he's got too many irons in the fire, and you know, like it's the Jason Aaron thing where he said, like, "Oh, they showed me what was selling." So, and he's a substacker. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those filthy substackers. So another thing that I did was I have all my substackers in one place because mm-hmm. I quote unquote created an account. Oof. Essentially, all it is is like I have all my things, and you just click on a whatever, and um, any of the sub stacks that you're following, you could just go and click on any of the ones that you want, and like I could start publishing stuff through Substack. So I was thinking, um, once I figure out how to do it, I may throw the podcast up on Substack. Okay. Just to see if that gets any bites, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's another avenue, right? Yeah. Um, and then what was the last thing I was going to mention just as like a wrap up on like an old episode? Oh, this was years and years ago. Remember when we had Tom Green on to talk about the circus? You know, and this is going to sound crazy. I often think about that episode. That is a I would say that is one of the top five uh, after dark episodes of all time. Is it below? Because this is a ranking show. <laughs> well, that's the, that's why I did all the things that I did so that we would take a break from ranking things. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just going to throw one quick ranking. In your opinion now, circus show or fish math? The origin of fish math is a top three. Okay. The circus one is a top five. Okay. Fair enough. But if they were both in the Tokyo Dome, they'd be number ones. Yes. So, and side note, I had Long John Silver's for dinner tonight, just as a, just kind of a a wellness check on my local Long John Silver's. (laughs) You go in, you look around. They're still open. Check to see if they were like, hey man, you want to, you want, you want some? I'm holding. Yeah. And well, so, you know, they didn't, they're not holding. 
Uh, but this is like the last time that I went to this one, which was about a month or so ago. And then this time when I went, um, they're still out of coleslaw. Yeah, but what do you care? Right. I don't give a shit. I hate coleslaw. So good. Yeah. But, and I will say this, this time I went and I got the clams. Mm-hmm. And I got the clams in a box as opposed to in the bag. I, I, they were probably, there was probably supply chain issues, Joe. Yes. Did it have the little uh, vent holes on the side too? Yes. I know that box well. Yes. Okay. So follow up from the, uh, the circus episode with Tom, which in and of itself was a, a sister episode with the monster jam episode. Right. The monster truck episode. I learned. So, uh, let's say about four years ago, right around the time that my kid kind of got out of monster trucks, mm-hmm. monster jam, Gravedigger, zombie, max D all the ones that you would see around no longer was having their toys come out through hot wheels. They start coming out through a burgeoning company called spin masters, right? Okay. Spin Masters got a whole bunch of different toy licensees and stuff, so they're, like, really on the come-up. And then Jazzwares, I would say, is, like, number three, right? Jazzwares has, well, probably even, like, because Mattel is number one, and that's Hot Wheels. Spin Masters, Jazzwares. Okay. Are you ranking uh, car toys companies? Uh, No, I'm ranking toy companies, yes. Okay. So then, uh, because the Monster Jam, uh, Monster Trucks were such a lucrative thing... Hot Wheels just start putting out their own monster trucks, creatively called monster trucks. Mm-hmm. Now, there were a couple that they still had the license to because they would just take like a popular Hot Wheel design and turn it into a monster truck. So they kept those. But then they would just take some of the like, oh, there's a shark monster truck at Monster Jam. So we'll just do a shark. Right. And we'll call it something else. And there's a this monster truck, so we'll just do that. Like, that's a generic thing, like a cat or a dog or whatever. You know, Monster Jam has the rights to Monster Mutt, so we'll just do, like, Deputy Dog. You know, something, right? Mm -hmm. So this week, I learned that Hot Wheels is now doing their own touring monster truck show. With all their generic, like, versions of their toys? And... They were able to get the Bigfoot license. Oh my God. Like, wasn't that like dead in the water? Well, they Bigfoot would never sell out to, um, you know, whatever the company is that owns Monster Jam. Right. Like whatever that big thing that did, like that did Barnum and Bailey that does like all the blank on ice shows that you see and does Monster Jam. That's one corporation. Mm hmm. They had always been wanting to get the Bigfoot license. And then for years, Bigfoot was literally the outlaw mud shows where it would just be like six different Bigfoot named trucks, like Bigfoot four by four, Bigfoot two, super Bigfoot. And then there'd be like the jobber trucks, right? Mm -hmm. But now because there's two lucrative companies doing separate monster truck things, Bigfoot finally got in bed with Mattel on their monster trucks and Bigfoot for the first time. in I would say 20 years, mm-hmm. 25 years is part of the big arena touring acts of monster trucks. Wow. It's like Cody Rhodes and the AEW got Bigfoot. It's it, it really is it, like it kind of is. Now, now, like the monster jams just has to lay off all their 
<laughs> release all their monster trucks and then they have like a 30 day or 90 day waiting period then they can go over to uh the other one so, so oh man i hate that i know this the guy that owns monster or uh, bigfoot is uh his name is bob chandler right mm-hmm. no relation to chris chan thankfully okay and he was like the holdout bob meets and i might be pronouncing it, it's like m-e-e-n-t-s right Mm-hmm. He's the guy that owns Max D, which um, Monster Jam has. There's another guy whose name I forget. He's the one that owns, quote unquote, Gravedigger. Okay. Right. And they're all employed by whatever through whatever the company is that runs Monster Jam. Now, if Hot Wheels, Mattel, was able to get one of those two to defect from Monster Jam to Monster Trucks, that would be huge. And then we have a legitimate AEW, WWE <laughs> war of the monster trucks, which I'm here for. I might give up wrestling completely and just follow that. Oh, is that when me and you start a We Need Monster Trucks podcast? <laughs> yes. I would be down for that. See, I'm. I still have to find the picture. I'm hoping to. I might go look for it tonight. Is I uh, my allegiance is to whatever company gets Rolling Thunder, the monster truck orange van. That's the one because that's the one I sat in. So, but there used to be one. It's no longer there. Uh, when you would go to, um, Bloomsburg Fair, not Bloomsburg Fair, uh, Knobles. right? Uh, there was one there that was called the Thunder Chicken. That one I don't remember. Um, and they used to have it parked out there, you know? hmm But now they just have, like, the garage where it used to be, and it says Home of the Thunder Chicken. Right. Well, there you go. Um, try what I was going to say. I think, so I think Rolling Thunder... Okay, so sadly, Todd, I will have to say that, one, Rolling Thunder is no longer an orange van. Oh, it's kind of like a reddish orange monster truck. Don't like that. And it's part of the monster jam, not uh, like USADA, whatever, who owns monster jam. Okay. That makes me sad. But anyway, so and just to kind of clear things up, Feld Entertainment is the company. Mm hmm. Uh, That owns all of those other things uh, that we mentioned. Um, You're like your Disney's on ice and your so on and so forth. Your monster jams, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, What's the arena cross, motocross, whatever. Right. I know what you're talking about there. Yeah. Um, Disney on ice, Disney live, Sesame Street live, Marvel Universe live. (laughs) Trolls and Jurassic Park. Right. So Feld Entertainment is the one that has all of those. Uh, but like I said, if Gravedigger or Max D were to defect from Feld and go to um, Mattel, that would be huge. Where's uh, Truckasaurus's allegiance, Joe? Now, see, before, when we went to see Monster Jam the first time, they had Truckasaurus. Mm-hmm. And then they stop using Truckasaurus. I think Truckasaurus is retired. Well, yeah, probably getting old, long in the Truckasaurus tooth, you know. So, 
I think truck no see they the name alternately is Robosaurus. Truckosaurus was from The Simpsons, you know? <laughs> right. That's... Okay. And it looks as though... Okay. Saurus. Who is this? Uh, a company called Action Robo LLC owns Robo slash Truckosaurus. Okay. Let me see what they do. No, that's not them. Yeah, he's he that guy, whoever that guy is, whatever uh Action Robo LLC is, he owns and operates just Robosaurus Truckosaurus, and I don't know what he's doing with it. Like I'm, ass- I'm assuming he just licenses it out, licenses out, licenses it out to private events, you know? Right. Yeah, like bar mitzvahs and stuff like that. Right. Oh, Dad, can we get Robosaurus for my bar mitzvah? Yeah. But yeah, so that's the like that's the only thing on their um, LLC is just uh, Robosaurus. Right. So, fingers crossed for that big feud. Right. And then a whole new podcast. We even get Michelle on that one, Joe. I think she would be down for that. Yep. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening, bearing with all this follow-up on this week's uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, episode 378. Yes. All right. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network. The Lamborghini of Podcast Network.